This week on Casa de Confidence, we have guest Jody Livingston. Jody is a watercolor artist creating joyful art from a grateful heart. She is also living her second chance at life. Listen in and find out more about her. Welcome to Casa de Confidence, a podcast for women and some cool dudes going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins, and your sidekick, handsome hot husband, that again. I am a dreamer, a traveler, a visionary, and risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, we are a supporter of people and their dreams. If you someone to the casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, we're so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Hey, Julie, how you doing? Hello, Daniel. And how's everyone doing out there? I hope they're enjoying summer. Oh, it is summer. First week. First week, and we've had a busy social calendar already. Shout out to all those teachers out there. Mm. Enjoying your best life. Enjoying their best life. Well, they deserve some R&R. Along with all the parents who had to muster up and step up. This was the year for new experiences for many. And I am sure people are starting to settle in and enjoy the routine of summer. Let's hope that it's a fun, boring one for all. That's right. Boring is good. As well, long as you can go outside. Listen, don't go too far to say that boring is good, because you know me, uh, I don't like boring. I know, Julie made sure that she has booked a little vacation for us. A little jaunt. A jaunt. But we can't go abroad, because someone, not me, does not have a passport. Well, mine expired, and I didn't get it renewed yet. How is it that I'm married to someone without a passport? I don't understand. What's wrong with you? I have a passport. It's just not valid anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. So many so, places in the world that I want to see. Yeah. Anyway, we are going to have no fun no matter where we go. That's right. Mm. Vacation goes with you wherever you are. Vacation's all I ever wanted. <laughs> She's singing today. That's awesome. I know. I don't really have that great of a voice. Oh, come on. I think Stop I'm going. It. You I got a I'm, beautiful voice. No, I don't. Listen, I, I, and I'm not just being modest. I was thinking I am going mm-hmm. to tune in to YouTube and practice YouTube? some scales because I heard somewhere, probably in Clubhouse, yeah. that if you just practice your scales, your voice scales, anybody can be a singer. I'm going to test this theory. <laughs> anybody can be a singer. That's what you I. You know, what, if anybody could be a singer, everybody would be a singer. But not everybody's practicing their scales from YouTube. All right. Let's practice our scales right now. No, Ready? I'm not practicing right now. This is not about me or you. Let's let's do exercises. Ready? Sure. Go ahead. Mo, me, me, ma, No, not doing that. Remember, do that in chorus in junior high. I did not go to chorus. Why not? Because I had other interests. 
So you have no singing, no singing experience, and you think you're going to be a singer? First of all, I never said I was going to be a singer. And second of all, second of all, I have lots of singing experience. I am a karaoke fan, <laughs> and true. I have karaoke a lot <laughs> more than you have sing. That's for sure. I've never done karaoke, so yeah, there you go. How is it that you're married to me and not have a passport and never done karaoke? Well. I dodged a couple bullets now, didn't I? Oh, well, those bullets are coming back to haunt you now. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to make sure that during vacation we find a karaoke bar. Right. Anyhow, um, we had a busy weekend. We celebrated um, our friend Erica Dean's birthday. Yeah, And like did. me, Erica celebrates the whole weekend. Yes. So we had a fun time. We had a gathering with friends. Mm-hmm. And the weather is holding out, except the weather from the Pacific Northwest is about to hit Connecticut. You talking about rain? No, I'm talking about 115 degrees. Oh, geez, that's not cool. Hey, I was looking on Instagram, and you know, Eric, um, Erica, um, Jennifer Saya, my friend Jennifer. Yeah, and she has horses. She actually brought an air conditioner out for her horses because it was 117 degrees. Really? Yeah. She's a good. Oh, out to the barn? Well, to the outdoor pen. What do you call that? The pen? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So, Hmm. anyway. uh, So, Julie. Yes, Daniel. Tell us a little bit about our guest today. Well, I love that I met this individual because she, first of all, is a phenomenal watercolor artist. And you need to check out her watercolor stuff because, oh, so pretty. I I admire people that can paint. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. Um, And number two. I heard that if you practice, you can be a painter, too. Oh, aren't you a wealth of information today? <laughs> well, you said you can be a singer. I'm sure I could be a painter. I actually, you know, not to not to detract from, from Jody today, but I did order. Okay, quick story. My sister loves to paint and do crafty stuff. My sister Georgie in Miami. Right. And she sent me a link of this beautiful watercolor rose that you can paint. Hmm. And... She was sending it to me so that I would tell her to order it and she could paint it for me. But I saw that and I was like, oh, I guess I could do that. And I ordered it and I bought it for myself and it arrived. And now I have not painted it. So this is going to be a new adventure for me. I think that in honor of Jodi, our guest today, I may spend an hour this afternoon painting and making art. What do you think? Sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. At any rate, um, Jody also volunteers as a CASA advocate. And do you know what a CASA advocate is? I do not. All right. So a CASA advocate is someone who actually works as a volunteer, a court-appointed special advocate. And basically she advocates for kids who are in foster care. Hmm. And that's amazing. It's kind of like a guardian ad litem in Florida. I don't know what okay. they call Well, I mean, I would think in New England is called CASA hmm. because Joe D is a New Englander. Very cool. 
Yeah. And most importantly, the other story that she shares is her her story to being a transplant recipient. Mm. And, you know, my both my brother and my cousin uh, needed transplants. Uh, my cousin needed a kid. Well, both they needed kidney transplants. And I actually um, had myself tested for my cousin and I was not a candidate. Mm. Um, anyway, anyone that receives this gift of life is always willing to talk a little bit about their gift and how uh, this has impacted them. So it's a compelling story. I urge you to tune in and learn more about Joji and find out about the amazing woman behind all the different things that she is doing because she is kind and smart. And I love that she is part of my universe. All right, then. Yeah, sorry. Uh, What I was going to say is that in the show notes for anyone who is maybe, you know, not an organ um an organ donor, I will, um, you know, appeal to you that, you know, you, you can, you consider that. Um, I know that I am an organ donor and because there are currently over 107,000 men and women and children waiting for organs. There are over 17 people a day that pass away waiting for an organ. And, um, you know, sometimes, you don't have to be a living recipient, but if uh, you can't take anything with you, so I just consider that. Including your organs. Including your organs. So if you would consider giving life to somebody else, I would um, love it. Love it if this, this show compelled somebody to give life in one way or another. So without further ado. Jody Livingston. I have with me my new friend who is a New Englander. Super excited to have met her on Clubhouse. Of course, where else do I meet people these days? <laughs> but Jody Livingston is someone who I not only love sharing a room with, but love the conversation. I admire her. She has multiple facets, and I want to talk about everything. So, Jody, welcome to Catholic Confidence. Tell us about you. Thank you, Julie, so much. What a kind welcome you have given me. And yes, I love that we connected on Clubhouse. What a what a great place to have met another soul like you, that um, you're kind and helping. And I, I love that. That's the type of person that I am. And that's the type of person that I like to, to hang out with. So, um, <laughs> so uh, I am a watercolor artist. I call myself a mostly watercolor artist because I am learning acrylics and it's starting to creep out a little bit in my, in my art world that I'm doing some acrylic painting, but it's, um, it's a learning process for me. Uh, I am a liver transplant thriver. Uh, almost four years ago, it'll be four years in July. I received a liver transplant from a deceased donor. Uh, as you can imagine, that was a quite a life-altering uh, event to mm-hmm. have had someone else's death. <laughs> someone passing away is what has um, created the ability for me to still be here. Mm-hmm. Pretty monumental. It's pretty 
um, dramatic. It, it's, you know, to sound cliche, but it is kind of a cliche. You know, it is, I, I am a living cliche. I'm ha- living my second chance at life and I've right. totally changed who I am. Uh, I'm a completely different person. I, I feel I'm living my, my authentic self. Mm-hmm. which I wasn't tr- not trying to live my authentic self before, but I didn't know that there was something different. I, I, I love, I, I'm a big cliche person. I can't help <laughs> it. And I, I know uh, Lee Pierce, who has been a guest on the podcast, hates cliches, but you know, what can I tell you, Lee? Um, we sometimes for, we have to, we have to use and live them. Right. And they're things that are utilized for a reason, because it is the way to communicate the actual events or the actual circumstances that are happening. And there's no other way to describe them by, by that form of speech. I, you know, can imagine that leading up to having the transplant, there were so many different things going on in your life and in, mm-hmm. in, in your, the emotional roller coaster that you mm-hmm. were on. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What is it like? Sure. And and I and I have had two people who um, needed transplants who are close to me. And sadly, they're not here now. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, not it, it may be indirectly because of their condition, not here, mm-hmm. but not necessarily, um, you know, due to not getting the transplant because they, they were getting treatment or whatnot. But, you know, it, it, they probably might be here if uh, they might have had a transplant. So they, they were waiting. Yeah. So my cousin needed kidneys. Um, mm-hmm. He was born with a rare kidney disorder and um, his mom died of the same disorder mm-hmm. in which the kidneys just didn't grow. Um, and then mm-hmm. he was in, um, he was getting, um, Dialysis. Thank you. Dialysis. And they, um, he had complications from the dialysis. He had gone into the hospital to get his port changed. And um, so he finished the surgery and he was recovering. He was hoping to go home and um, he had a cardiac episode and um, he passed. I'm sorry. Thank you. You know, he, he was like a brother to me. I don't think necessarily talked about him that much on the podcast but he was someone who was very you know anytime I needed advice or thoughts and he was the person one of my go-to and um, I wish I could have been uh, a match because I would have gladly given him one of my kidneys to have him here because um, he has some amazing children and uh well, I, I am now in charge of making sure these kids get themselves together, as he told me. So I, wow. I was lucky enough to have had, um, I, I was visiting Dallas for before it happened. Um, and, and I was with him for a few days prior to him passing. And, and it was the most beautiful experience and time that I've had the privilege of just spending with him. I didn't know, you know, that he was not going to make it and come out. Um, so, but we had some great conversations and I know that, you know, there, there's a lot of life left in people and no one is ever ready to go necessarily. So, uh, but yeah, it's true. It is true. It's so true. No matter when someone passes, it's, it's, um, it's, 
difficult, whether, yes, I agree. I agree. So, but for you, tell me again, what, what were some of the things that you, you were undergoing when it came to sure. prior to, to your transplant? Yeah, sure. I, it, it is something that people are very interested in because um, I think most of my Americans drink alcohol. And when I talk about a liver transplant, people are, you know, tell me what happened. Like, because mm-hmm. they start to think about themselves. Um, I did drink my fair share of alcohol. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it, it wasn't, it was probably related to alcohol. Um, I was not an alcoholic. I don't consider myself an alcoholic. My doctors don't consider myself an alcoholic. They, um, what happened was I was um, having some pain in my abdomen. And again, I don't, I, I don't like to, to scare anybody because, mm-hmm. but I would advise people to, to go to their doctor because I chose not to. Um, I was in a very high stress job. I, um, I had a lot of responsibilities at work and I, I never took days off ever. Mm. I never took days off. And so I would never think to go to the doctor. I would just think to look on WebMD, see if it's anything, you know, life-threatening. As most of us do. Yeah. WebMD diagnosed me with a gallbladder that might be in trouble, but that's not going to kill me. So instead, what I did was take a lot, handfuls of Advil. Advil by the handful is not healthy for you and it's really bad for your liver. So I took handfuls of Advil to dull the pain Mm -hmm. and I drank wine to dull the pain. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I had some very, very serious, stressful life events that had happened um, in the five years leading up to my transplant. Mm-hmm. The doctors feel pretty strongly that the fact that I had those events and was really not addressing stress and, um, you know, just chugging away at my stressful job and really ignoring everything in combination with, you know, not taking care of my body and, you know, ignoring things that that led, led to liver failure. I, I honestly went on a Friday to work in my high stress mm-hmm. job on the Saturday, my girlfriend said to me, you know, your eyes are looking a little yellow. And when I went home from her house, I looked, I said, yeah, you know, they are a little yellow. And that Monday morning, I called my doctor's office because I didn't feel bad. It wasn't anything emergency. Mm-hmm. And my doctor's office said, well, you know, why don't you come in? We'll take a look at it. They called me back and said, you know, why don't you just skip coming in? Go to the emergency room just because you're going to need blood work anyways. Just go there. See what they say. Well, I never even sat down in the emergency room. Really? They looked at me, looked at me and took me right away. I never waited. I never sat down. It was immediately considered an emergency. And that very first day I was diagnosed with liver failure, not liver problems, not, you know, not, Oh my gosh, you know, you need to take care of your liver, liver failure. I went from, you know, point A to point B in no time flat. That's insane. I know it it really is not the norm. It's not for livers. It's not really the norm to to get, you know, to be that way. So that very first day they started talking about transplant, but in a kind of an abstract way, and the liver is remarkable. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you or your listeners are aware of this, but the liver is 
uh, does have the ability to heal itself, which is, yeah. is, is not common in, in our bodies um, as far as our organs go. Typically right. when our organs are in a bad way, you know, that they're, they're not able to heal themselves, but the organ is, and the, the liver is very remarkable. Yeah, the liver is amazing. It really is one of the and yeah. people can be liver can be living donors of liver. Mm-hmm. So I don't know mm-hmm. yeah. if you're aware of that, but similar to kidneys, where you can um, donate a kidney, you can donate a part of your liver. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't an option for me uh, because wow. I had no, I had nothing for it to go to, so wasn't an option for me. Um, mm. But fast forward um, six took me six months to get on the list. Okay. And that's a whole story about how you get on an organ donation list. It's not, it's not like Grey's Anatomy where they, they you know, say, yeah, it's not, it doesn't work that way. There's a lot of hoops you have to go through, which, which are there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Having a transplant is a very serious operation and um, liver transplant surgery um, is typically like eight to to 10 hours of surgery. Mm -hmm. That's a lot for a body to go through. So you have to be able to withstand a surgery like that. You have to be able to um, to have a network of people that are supporting you after the surgery right. to um, be able to successfully recover from that surgery. You have to be psychologically able to handle the drama of this. This is right. it's so dramatic. Um, and that's so, just one of the reasons I consider you very resilient. When I first met you in Clubhouse <laughs> and you talked about your transplant I knew that there were so many different things that you probably had to undergo yeah uh, it's true. there it's is true. the psychological part of it and really there is as most of us when we're going through a crisis and this was what I would call a crisis the uh, biggest going, of yeah, my life yes. going from living your life and you know living it to all of a sudden like oh wait a minute and and trying to navigate a lot of the emotions that probably came from that so yeah yeah you you are definitely resilient i i appreciate you saying so it's sometimes it's hard to imagine yourself in those in those terms but mm-hmm. uh, i do consider myself that way now um i call myself fiercely feminine because i'm Ooh, super girly yeah, fiercely feminine. I'm super girly. I love sparkles and pink Me and too. glitter and I love it all. But I am also strong. And yeah. I, I I caution people. Do not, do not uh, mistake my pinkness for weakness. Oh, because I am. I get you. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I may be sparkles and crowns and pretty things, but... Yeah, don't get on the bad side. And and yeah, you know yeah. what? I'm trying to not be that person, but I yeah, I I could um I could let it out. <laughs> yeah. But if, if I if I need to defend somebody that I love that or love, care about, yeah, yeah I, I was I'm just thinking there. that. I I um there is someone in particular who has been less than kind to my husband and yeah, I, 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 I have a, I really mm. need to manage my brain. I really need to be able mm-hmm. to, because yes. um, I, I don't like that. I don't like people who attacked others and who, and yeah, I'm, I'm very protective. Those I love. Yes. So. I love that. Yeah, for sure. What, um, 
Did you ever get to meet the family of your donor? So, no, I, I haven't. Um, mm-hmm. I have reached out to them and how it works. And so, a lot of people don't know this, how mm-hmm. it works is. Um, it, and for my transplant center, which is in Burlington, Massachusetts, Leahy mm-hmm. Hospital. Um, it's now Beth Israel Leahy Hospital. They merged. Um, but when I was there, it was just Leahy. I'm still there. <laughs> but <laughs> when I was having my surgery. Um, what happens is is you 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 reach out as as the don't as the recipient if you'd like mm-hmm. you don't have to right. um and they they ask you to wait about six months yeah that's for you to kind of um you know get get to yourself in a place that's that's stronger and kind of seeking and, and approaching life after transplant mm-hmm. so that you can have something positive and uplifting to say to um, your donor's family. And so I did write a letter and um, what you do is you give it to your transplant center Mm -hmm. and then they um, forward it along to um, this coordinating team that coordinates all of the transplants uh, called UNOS. Mm -hmm. I think people have heard of UNOS United organ sharing network of organ sharing. I think it stands for UNOS mm-hmm. and they're the ones that will coordinate um, forwarding the letter. Cause it's all obviously right. anonymous. And you as the recipient can say um, that I just wanted to update you on my life and say, thank you for honoring your, your loved your ones. Loved wish. Ones, yeah. And that can be it. Or you can open yourself up to that. You're willing to hear back from them, which I did. And, you know, we're, we're approaching four years and I haven't heard back. So my surgeon said, you know, it's, it's not, you're not always going to hear back. And I wanted to, wanted to set my expectations because my expectations were, I'm going to hear back and I'm going to go grab a coffee with them and and hug them and love on them and say, thank you. Um, But that's not always how it is. And they haven't chosen to reach out to me Mm -hmm. as of yet, but maybe they'll be in a better space at some point and they want to. And if not, so be it. I think of them all the time. I, Mm -hmm. I, I, I pray for them all the time. I send them my very best, most thankful, grateful, positive wishes all the time. So, um, you know, that's I haven't heard from Judy, you know, I think that is such a selfless um thing to be able to, especially in in a moment in which you lose someone to honor their wishes and to say, "I'm losing this person, but i I want this person to give life to somebody else if you could say something to them, what would it say? What would it be? Wow. So I, that's going to probably make me emotional, but I'm going to try. Okay. And you're I, this is constant yeah, confidence. You can yeah. make yourself known. <laughs> I would say that, of course, how grateful I am that they honored their loved one's wishes because you don't have to. Mm. Kind of a a thing that you, you don't have to, but I would just say to them that what they have given me, I, I honor it every day of my life. I, I feel, um, 
not, I mean, the word is obligation, but I don't want to make it sound like it's a chore. I feel um, empowered, empowered by their decision to, to be able to move on to something different in my life and to reflect on my life. And, um, you know, I mentioned that I am an artist now. I, I wasn't an artist before I mentioned mm. I didn't go to art school. I went to business school. Um, I, I've always had a creative side to me and always loved to create things and make things. And, but I, you know, I, not, but I shouldn't say that. I grew up in a family that, where it just was, you know, expected that you would go to college and <laughs> develop a career and, you know, and art wasn't necessarily that. And right. I, I, it's not that they, they told me not to be an artist. I never said I, I would like to be an artist. They certainly would have encouraged me, but it just never, it never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. It would have never occurred to me. So what I would say to my donor's family is that through this second chance at life, I've been able to what I, I'm, I am 100% living the authentic Jody. This is mm-hmm. me. I'm an artist. I'm living. It's like I put on a pair of glasses and I'm seeing the world for the very first time. Correct. Amazing. That's what it is. It is. I describe it to the, to people all the time. I, I feel utter peace. I feel this overwhelming sense of content. Like I figured it out, you know, and, and that's what I'm doing. And I love that. I'm having the best time. <laughs> you know, Jody, the one thing in, um, sorry, hold on. My, my air, my, my heat came on and I want to turn it off. I thought I had, I had it off. So it's going to be a minute. Sorry. Isn't Anne. it sad that it's that the date that we are at, that we have heat on? Uh, yeah, it's snowing. Why? Why? I know. I, know. I, I have a heater on in my studio because it was cold in here and I refuse to turn on the real heat. Yeah, well, I turned on the real heat because I was so cold. (laughs) My my blood must have thinned out in a whole week. I was in Florida. Yes, for sure, (laughs) for sure. Um, Okay, so let me go back, Jody. The amount of no recap. You definitely have new lease on life. You you are seeing the world with brand new eyes and a new spirit in essence, you know, because this person is living mm-hmm. through you and, and is continuing. And their it's legacy true. is to give you the life that you are now touching the lives of others. Mm-hmm. I know that you do some very special work. Um, I am very familiar with the type of work that you do as um, a CASA advocate. Can you tell us a little bit about that for people who may not be familiar with it? Sure. I love to talk about this because I feel so passionately about it. It's something I will be doing as long as I'm physically able to do. I I, mm. I love it. So um, CASA is a national organization. It stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate. And what that means is I, um, CASAs, 
I uh, work on behalf of volunteer. It's volunteer. Most states, it's volunteer. Um, I know there are a few states that have paid um, advocates, but mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But typically, it's it's a volunteer um, uh, position. And what I do is I represent these kiddos whose parents have been charged with abuse and neglect. Mm-hmm. And I stand up for the kids' best interest in court. And how I do that is amazing. It's so awesome. I spend time with the kiddos. I get to know them. Uh, I love on them. And I meet their teachers and their therapists and uh, their foster parents and their bio parents and, Mm. you know, anybody involved, their doctors. I talk with their doctors. Um, Anybody that's involved in these kiddos' lives, I gather all the information that I can about what's going on with the kids. And then I go to court and speak up for them mm-hmm. on their behalf. You, you would imagine that um, everybody in that courtroom would have the kids' best interests at heart. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way. I would say most of the time it does work mm-hmm. that way. Um, the parents have attorneys. Right. You know, the, the, the states are never going to allow uh, parental rights to be discussed without proper legal representation, whether people can afford an attorney or not, for sure they have one. And the state has attorneys, of course, representing Mm -hmm. their side of things. And and their side Mm -hmm. of things should be what's in the kid's best interest, but they are tied to a little bit different type of regulations than possibly I am. <laughs> right. So right. as a CASA, we, we kind of lean on more common sense if common sense doesn't always speak to the exact yeah. letter to the law. And I think that, the, you know, laws are there to protect us. But at times we end up getting into situations that were not anticipated when laws were created. I am so familiar with this world. My my ex-husband is um, and he is a child advocacy attorney. He represents abused and neglected kids in the state of New York. Also, if you are going through a divorce, whether you are penniless or the wealthiest person in New York, there is a court appointed attorney also given to the child. Really? So that the child um, has representation. So he, he, um, He's worked for the state and he's also worked for non-for-profits. He currently is working. He's been there for a while with the non-for-profit and he, you know, the cases that he hates are the child, you know, the molestations, the ones where kids are removed or in foster homes or or in group homes for that matter. Um, But there's also uh, where he's had celebrity clients that he's representing their kids. Uh, and because there, there is an interesting perspective of the children of the situation, whether the child is fully aware of what may be going on. And I think that it's important to be able to give them a voice and, and, and give them a seat at the table in a sense. So I think that and, that's, and that's where the fiercely feminine in me comes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of known a little bit that I will, um, um, disagree with people in court. Which is very <laughs> so, good. We need people Which is like what we're supposed disagree. to do. Which and is what we're supposed to of do. Of course. And I think that, you know, like, like we talked, I think that, yes, the, the 
I think that most laws or most states, especially the agencies that are working on behalf of children, are looking to reunite the families. I think that that's one of the first priorities. It's actually but, the law. Yeah. The law is reunifications. So right. they're, they're, for the first 12 months, there can be no other goal other than reunification. Other than, right, correct. Unless, unless, a, unless a parent... Um, surrenders their rights prior to that. Correct. But the, the parents have to surrender their rights. So and, and, and the as much as step, sometimes we want the, 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 to avoid reunification, it's what they're bound by federal do. law for 12 mm-hmm. months. And and the second step, I think, too, is that if reunifying them to the parent is not possible or advisable or whatever, they're looking to also keep the child within their biological family. And this is when they looked for guardians that are um, either a grandmother or an aunt or someone who has that relation. Yes. Um, And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very interesting world. It's a world that really can be tolling. I have seen it firsthand Mm -hmm. where there is, um, you know, so many, so many facets that can be, you know, really stressful when you're seeing the families being torn apart, or even when you see neglect and abuse. And um, it, it is, it is difficult to see. Um, I'm a pretty, I'm pretty empathetic. I'm an mm-hmm. emp- I, I wear people's pain pretty mm-hmm. easily. And so um, there are times where my husband will be like, okay, I can see this is really, you know, hard right now. Go paint something. (laughs) So like the painting is kind of a release, but, um, yes, I would, I would have to say though, that for me as a CASA, um, I have gained more myself in, in how rewarding it is to see the change that can happen for people Mm -hmm. than, than I've had to give. So that, that difficult part, um, it is, it is difficult, but it's, it is not above what I receive. Um, I receive a lot by helping, helping these, these kiddos and quite frankly, their parents, Um, you know, there are, yes, there are very many times where these kiddos should not be with their parents. And that's just how it's going to be. There's a lot of reasons why that is. Um, addiction is very difficult and 12 months is a, a quick window to try to, mm-hmm. um, to break an addiction, especially something like heroin or fentanyl, which we know has been prevalent in our, in our society for the last few years. Um, the also some mental illness is very, very difficult for parents to be able to overcome and they might not ever. Um, so that's, that's a difficult those things are very difficult to overcome in 12 months, but there's other things that are that, that, you know, um, there are, and I've been fortunate enough to see a lot of success in, in my, in my families that I've worked with. You know, I, I love that. And I think that, you know, there are for as many stories that we can focus on that maybe don't have the ideal, uh, ideal ending or outcome, they're the stories that really make it all worth it in the mm-hmm. work that you are doing. I have a friend, um, she's a good friend who grew up in foster care. 
in aged out of foster care. She de age out. Aging out is big. I'm going to have a girl age out. So <laughs> if your friend is willing to chat with me, I would love to chat with her. Yeah. You know, I, I will definitely connect you. She's actually, um, she started, uh, a, well, she is on the board and she, she and her other friend who was in foster care, they started an organization and a not-for-profit in New York and they're doing some great work. Um, she is a mom now and she is a fierce mother. Love it. Um, and she has fought to create a home and an environment for her son out of the need that she had to have had that home for herself. And she mm-hmm. she she has family, you know, that she she went and um, she lived with. And, you know, she now she's in contact with her dad. But there is a story there that mm-hmm. um, we don't realize. My organization that I worked for, the, the company that I was with, we had a non-for-profit also that the founder of the company uh, established, mainly because she wanted to be able to give back to foster care kids and students and provide educational opportunities for them um the organization is in the process of growing and in um delving more into providing support but i think that you know in doing some of the research for the programs that i was setting up for them i realized that the statistics are horrific when it comes to kids who age out of foster care it is they're really bad so if you don't mind i'm going to touch on that it is really bad So I have a case where um, the kids are um, the oldest is is not going to go back. And her two younger siblings went back and she doesn't want to go back. And so in the state of New Hampshire, at age 16, you you, there comes, you know, a a choice of um, I mean, the the. How, I want, how do I want to word it? The the adolescent then has a little bit more voice for themselves mm-hmm. at age 16. And she was able to express that she didn't want to go back. And then I, myself as the CASA, also um, her mm-hmm. child protection sa- safety worker, her social worker, basically, um, they we, we kind of all came to an agreement that it probably wasn't in the best interest. And so mm-hmm. at that point, you know, permanency is important for these kids. Right. So mm-hmm. you, you, you want to find a situation that's going to, to be permanent, not bounce around. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's an alternate permanent plan that is not guardianship and it's not adoption. Mm-hmm. It is not the very most ideal request. It's really not. Um, However, we recommended it for her, and that's where she is now. Um, she's not entirely pleased with it because what it means is the state doesn't go away, and I don't go away. Um, you know, we have a, we have a really good relationship, her and I. But you know, I'm a I'm a to do list for her. You know, right. kind of. She would rather. With you, she, has yeah. she as a 16 year old, she would rather not have anything to do with any adults that are you know, not directly related to her life. She just wants us all to go away. And I don't blame her for that. But the when you talk about um, the statistics, it's really bad now. So I had to consider that when I was recommending what was best for her. She, I have every confidence that this girl is going to rise above those statistics. 
She is a straight A student. She's in um, she's a sophomore in high school and in a, a senior level advanced science program. Um, she's on the softball team. Like she's not your typical foster child that's hiding away and not developing a social life and not, you know, she's doing all the things and she has a job and, you know, she's, she's remarkable young woman. I, I, Mm. I I feel she's going to rise above the statistics, but they are grim, grim. And so when you talk about your friend that um, aged out, aging out is no joke. It is, it is not a place that you'd want someone to be. And so it's, it's not how I imagined my Casa journey because I'm, I'm a little kiddo kind of person. I, I'm all about the little kiddos. Right, but right. now I've kind of developed this, oh my gosh, how can we help these, these adolescents who are going to mm-hmm. age out? Because that is a dramatic thing and I've learned so much about it. It's, it's and it's big. happening. And I think that, yes. that they're actually, I, I, I don't know what algorithm I actually fell into um, Instagram. But there was an ad that um, came up and it was an ad for adoption of older teens. And I thought, is this the universe? I'm like, Dan, look at the ad. What, what does this mean? And we, we, you know, wanted to be parents and we went through a fertility journey and didn't come to pass. And a couple of years ago, I had a hysterectomy. So it's like, okay, my guess is, and, and I am devoted to my nieces and nephews. And, but I thought, you know, I never even thought about this. I, I don't, I think the conversation is um, not closed, but we're not pursuing it actively, but the ads keep coming. And I'm thinking, well, well what is the world trying to tell you me? told me that because I'm going to be... <laughs> Sending you vibes okay. <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, and, and, and I think that, you know, the challenge for us is that um, we think, well, I mean, we're pretty set in our ways. Could we? And so, yeah, well, maybe we'll have to talk offline in this conversation. <laughs> um, I'm sending anyway, those vibes. <laughs> okay. So I, I think that, you know, there's so many different ways in which people, I, I would love people to really walk away from listening to this conversation and know that, number one, your life is such a precious thing. And as you continue to uh, hit milestones in your age, that you have the opportunity to become so much better version of you, no matter what your age Number so two, true. yeah, mm-hmm. and you and I host a room and clubhouse uh, on that. Want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we host a room um, that is um, it's titled fifty plus. We welcome any age, but yes. we do. We that is our our um, our kind of mojo and our tribe. We 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 love mm-hmm. the fifty plusers because you know. yeah, we're fun. Yeah, we you know, are. We, we I think we got we're, a lot of life in us. We're, we're, we we're do. Like we're fun. Who are grown up? We're wise. We 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 get our shit together. Sorry yeah, to swear on your podcast. That's all right. You can do that. I you know, I I've been <laughs> known to um, yeah. I I, I I curse. You know, I, I don't know. Jesus, Maybe Dan I, can I shit can, a lot. <laughs> Maybe Dan can edit me edit my swear out. No, um, he won't. the um our room is a on wednesdays 12 30 um reset for women club on clubhouse and what we do is we check in with each other and 
share, celebrate a win that we're having for the week and cheer each other on. Or if we're not having the best week, we we cheer each other on and get each other over the hump and get through the week. And so it's it's always a great room, whether somebody is sharing something negative or positive. It is it's all about just here we go. We're at Wednesday. We're getting through this week and we're going to do it together. So that's it's right. A- <laughs> and it's what I call a quick down and dirty 30 minute room. Yeah, it's only 30 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, it's, it's lunchtime. Take a break Come on. and chat with us. It's really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. And, you know, for, for you, you're such a vivid example of what is possible. You went from having a stressful business type world job to now following your and pursuing your passion. You are a talented artist. Where do you see yourself going with your art? Uh, so, you know, I'm just figuring it out because it's new. I, I only opened my website on October 6th. So it's new. Ooh. And I, I had old. some, yes, yeah, so new. I, and it, it has all been so organic and so, I, it's so crazy. It's the most amazing adventure. I'm loving it so much. I love that. I have awesome collectors who have collected, you know, three, four or five pieces from me. It's just crazy. And to know that my art is in people's home or they've given my art as gifts and, and who they gave the gift to cried. And, you know, it, it's just really, it's so rewarding and so amazing. I'm, I'm having the best time. So, I'm not entirely sure, like really where I'm headed, but I do, I do have an art mentor. And if she heard me say that, she would be like, what, how do you not know where you're going? Like she would really, um, you know, not, not like that. that. Well, I'm going to have to commission a piece because I love art. I love color and I love your aesthetic. It's beautiful. I have a friend who's an artist and she has done a couple of the pieces in my home and I, I haven't, you know, we create, we renovated the art porch or three season porch last summer. And I call it my Zen Den and it's three windows and it's got one wall. And we went to look for art and I didn't, you know, I, I wanted a little bit, something different from what she does. She does acrylics and I, I'm actually looking at one of her pictures and I thought, I don't, you know, I'm not loving anything. And, and I thought, I'm going to have to find somebody to do something. And uh, so you may have the right, uh, the right piece for me. So we'll have to talk about that one offline as well. Certainly. I would be honored. Certainly. Yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting wall for sure. I, I, I am so pleased with how it's going though. It really, it really is. So, That's so I, good. I, I have a, um, a place on Cape Cod that reached out to me randomly. I, it's a long story how they found me, but and they are um, having so it's a it's an estate on Cape Cod that hosts art events and weddings Ooh, and um, cooking events and they they host all these things. They're they're like part of the um, I don't know if you've ever been to Cape Cod, but it's yeah it's fairly upscale. Yep, um, vacation. Yeah. yeah, the Cape is nice. And they're that type of destination, you know, Ooh. and they they're opening a gift shop on June 1st and they've asked to they're putting my my art in their store. And it's amazing. <laughs> they're, I love they're it. having originals of my art in their store. They're having prints and note cards. And it's for those of your listeners who end up on my website. I have these little pieces that are I call them little lovelies. 
and they're little. They're Ooh. they're very little. They're like um, I don't know, four by three or something like that. They're little, and they um, they're framed, and each one is its own piece of art, original piece of art. They're tiny, so cute. and I always imagined them in a gift shop, like in a retail, like an upscale mm-hmm. retail location. They are taking all of my little lovelies. Little Lovelies are coming off of my website, no longer being sold by Creating Joe Deb. They're only going to be sold there for now. Wait, so can I take one before you take it off the website? I need to go look. You can. You can. They're selling them for a higher price. And, you know, right. so if, you, if anybody wants a little lovely, they're coming down pretty soon. So well, um, by the time they're so airs, sweet, they're going to be gone. Sorry, I people. love them. They're sweet. Oh, they're really that's sweet. That's so great. That's true. So that's an exciting thing for me. And that's like happening right now. I'm cataloging everything that's going there. And I will be delivering stuff for them mid-May. And Ooh, it's really maybe exciting. we can meet in Cape Cod for coffee. That would be great. Call <laughs> me. I'll meet you there. I would love it. I would oh love my it. gosh. Well, we, we have lots of really fun plans. I know our friend Lori. Uh, the connector in chief and clubhouse is yes. uh, planning a retreat. Are you thinking of going and teaching art? I I am thinking of going. I never thought of it as teaching art, but I think you should. I thought I, think you should be I, thought I would just places. be. A, I thought I would be kind of the the person that was there listening and soaking it up from you no, guys. But no, how you, fun you would do. it be if we had like a a paint session where everybody made a piece. That would be so fun. I, I, I'm, I'm down for that. I am in. I can't wait. I am not a very artistic person. Um, we went to one of these paint classes with Dan when we used to go out, you know, and it was yeah, a date. back in the day. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. And it's, I, I actually should post a picture of it on Instagram. I got to find it. Um, I had it hanging in my wall, but it was embarrassing after a while because no, it's a, no. it's a, it's a, it's a scape of a tree and it's got birds. And I think the sun is setting and there's two pieces. There's two canvases. He painted one side. I painted the other and it's a cute little date idea. They made us do. Um, we actually went to Massachusetts for this. Have you ever heard of uh Coney Island hot dog? It's like this old time hot dog place in, in uh, Worcester, Mass. And no, I haven't heard of that one. It's a hole in the wall. It's like from the 1950s. But anyway, so we go for hot dogs to have to paint. And we they paint. had they hosted the paint thing at yeah, the hot dog hosted, place. Yeah, they posted. That's they so hosted. cool. It was very cool. And then uh, so the one side where the strokes are beautiful and meticulous and so artistic. That's Dan. And then the one where you have the glops of paint that you can see someone sort of come in. That's mine. And that symbolizes our relationship. I love it. You should put that in your room. Well, it's, it's not the colors that I want for the room. I want that okay. room to be a little more, I'll, I'll pick, put a picture of it. Um, so anyway, but Jody, thank you so much for coming to Casa de Confidence. This has been a really thank you fun for having me. You have so much depth and such a spirit of loveliness about you, and you encourage people. You are, I believe, one of these people who are a sponge, um, and I appreciate everything that you're doing. So thank you so much. You are so kind. Thank you for having me. I I love talking with you anytime. So well, thank, thank you for having me. And you need to get your podcast started because I think that you would be, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to come up with something. So, and I know a podcast person that can help you. 
<laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> I do. I do. Anyway, um, and and by the way, I, I love that you're wearing pearls. I love pearls. It's, it's actual. Them. It's silver, actually. Oh, it's silver. Oh, but I love that. Yes. We we went to Mexico on a cruise Ooh. for our 25th wedding anniversary, and these are from these are a gift from Mexico on oh, our anniversary. Beautiful. Oh, I love yeah. that. I wear them literally all the time. I love that. I love Mexican jewelry. So me too. I, me too. I, yeah, I I have a few pieces that I've purchased. So yeah, well, I, I have some, see I have some good Mexico jewelry too. Oh, do you have good Mexico stories? We're going to have to talk about those and have you back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you so much for coming. I will see you in Clubhouse. And don't forget, Thanks, Julie. To go confidently, Jody. And if you want to find Jody, where can they find you? Um, creatingjodeb.com. That's creating Joe Deb is my art business. And can email me at creating at jodeb at creatingjodeb.com. And then I am creating Joe Deb on. Um, both Instagram and Clubhouse. If anybody wanted to find me on Clubhouse, awesome. I, I pretty much stick to the creating Joe Deb. <laughs> I like it. Well, and I am Julie Luca Collins, your host, and so happy that uh, Jody got to visit with me today. And if you haven't done so, consider being an organ donor. You are going to go out and touch the lives of others even after you're gone. And the reality is that we are all going to be gone someday. We can't take it with us, but we can leave our legacy behind so that somebody else can go on and go touch the lives of many other people because of the gift that you have given them. And if you also want to check out CASA in the organization and perhaps how you might be able to advocate for children, I encourage you to do that because sometimes just a little bit of your time can make a big impact on the lives of others. So thank you again, Jody, for coming. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only purposeful you mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the purposeful you mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, 
discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.